Welcome to Keep Them Coming with Open the Doors Coaching. I'm your host, Kristen Thomas. I'm a certified sex coach and clinical sexologist based in Kansas City. And I just love to talk to people about what goes on in their sex lives and relationships. I also enjoy good conversation about love, heartache, activism, or making change in the world. Be warned, you should probably be 18 and over and probably listening on your headphones. Thanks for tuning in. My friend Michaela Miller from Strawberry Week joined me. It's a new nonprofit that has spun off from Barrier Babes. So Michaela's actually been on the podcast before. You can go back and find that episode. Michaela herself, under that organization, had always been focused on trying to help eliminate period poverty. But, you know, as things grew, she realized she really needed to focus exclusively on this very important topic. So Strawberry Week was born beginning here of 2022. Michaela told me about some of the work that she's doing and and where she is trying to make sure people have access to period products. She also recently testified at the Kansas State Legislature about the elimination of sales tax on period products and other goods. But I'm just so happy to like see someone get activated and get involved in politics in such a very specific way. Congratulations. I just love it. I just love it. I want to be doing the same things. I talked to my state rep about some ways to be involved and I'm still needing to like, just do it. You know, I want to go testify about like the abortion bills that are before the Missouri legislature and some other things. But anyway, Strawberry Week works on both sides of the state line. So if you've got a business or organization that would like to help gather supplies or you would like to be one of the ones who are helping distribute supplies to people who are in need, you can reach out to Michaela at strawberryweek.org, which is, again, in the show notes as always. I will always have people's contact information and websites and links in the episode summary. If you had been looking at my workshop better sex that I had coming up supposed to start actually this week Uh, I have had to cancel that for now simply because I have had a uh, death in the family and I've got to deal with some stuff so I will have a workshop in March I just I just cannot do a weekly workshop six weeks in a row so watch my social media for announcements about my monthly workshops returning All right, so enjoy this episode with Michaela from Strawberry Week. Joining me on this episode of Keep Them Coming is someone who's been on before as part of a a duo. Michaela Miller was on previously with Barrier Babes, but they have gotten a spinoff organization going now called Strawberry Week. So welcome to the show, Michaela. Thank you for having me. Um, I'm so glad you're back. Me too. Me too. I'm still like have, I feel like I'm less nervous this time than the first time. So it's not my first rodeo. (laughs) I'll take it easy on you. I promise. (laughs) It's been great so far. (laughs) Perfect. Well, tell me more about, so period poverty is something that you're particularly passionate about and you had been working on some projects and some partnerships through Barrier Babes, but Sounds like you all realized that this particular focus needed its own nonprofit. So tell me about how you spun off with Strawberry Week to help fight period poverty. Yes. So, you know, when 
working within Barrier Babes to address, you know, inclusive sex education and helping to alleviate period poverty in our community. Those are just two extremely large missions. Mm -hmm. And it just got to a point where, you know, I felt that the missions weren't receiving adequate attention to Mm -hmm. truly be growing and, and being satisfied, you know, within the community. So we decided at the end of the year that it would make sense for me to kind of pivot off and start a new organization where I can serve the Kansas side and the Missouri side for period poverty. Because, you know, when we met initially back in 2019 as Barrier Babes, you know, I was kind of, I was the period poverty program side and Mm -hmm. Maddie was the sex education side. So we kind of teamed up and, and put it all together in one organization. And Mm -hmm. and like I said, it just, it got really big, which is amazing. Um, And, you know, even though it's like, kind of like starting over with strawberry week, it hasn't felt that way. It's been pretty rapid already just in, you know, those first couple months of 2022 that we've been active And we just, you know, we were able to be introduced by the already well-known and established Barrier Babes and all of our existing partners that benefited from the period poverty programming that we had. We're all just pivoted to Strawberry Week. And it's just, I got to just be like, hey guys, it's still me, still Michaela. Mm -hmm. You know, we're just got a new name now and, you know, just better focus overall. So Mm -hmm. gotcha, gotcha. So are you doing anything with Barrier Babes at this point or is it just Strawberry Week? It's for just you Strawberry Week for me. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I'll always be a founder of Barrier Babes and everything. I know that we both have big ideas for each of these organizations and it's kind of it's kind of fun to see us go off into our original like passion projects that we brought together, you know, a few mm-hmm. years ago. Um, and it's like these last couple of years that we've been working together to create a nonprofit, it was like, it was a great learning experience. And now that we both kind of, we're obviously still like, you know, we don't know everything and we still have a lot to learn, but now, you know, it feels like each of us can individually thrive and focus a hundred percent on each of our original like passions. Gotcha. Very good. How is it that you came to be so passionate about trying to end period poverty? Well, um, I first worked in nonprofit at Big Brothers Big Sisters. Mm. And, you know, I was a little in that program as a kid. And I was introduced to, you know, I'd been aware of the subject of period poverty, obviously. But at one point during my career there, we met with someone who ran the local chapter of the Homeless Period Project, which Mm. I don't believe the Kansas City chapter is active any longer. Mm -hmm. But at the time, we partnered up to have a period packing party for the kids in the program. And I I just started learning more and more about the issue of period poverty and how it exists everywhere. And it just has so many levels to it as far as it's not just something that, you know, affects lower income people or vulnerable populations. It's ingrained in our legislation and our tax codes and everything that 
it's just so discriminatory for there to be additional burdens on something that is just as natural and unpreventable as, you know, <laughs> as other natural events that affect the other half of the population, you know, it's mm-hmm. just has so many levels to it that I just felt like I wanted to help because, you know, mutual aid has always been something that I really enjoy the model of. I think that, you know, communities coming together to serve a a need is a really beautiful concept Mm -hmm. and nonprofits exist to fill the gaps in our government and so if I can start a nonprofit to create a community here where we can all just, we all contribute something small, but all together it's, it's massive, you know, and it helps so much within the community. And it's just an endless need because, you know, most people get their periods every month. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, and, you know, I, I did my research and before, you know, we really lifted off, I did some meetings with other organizations that kind of did like hygiene products or Mm -hmm. basic need things or like pantry closets at like churches and stuff. And I heard over and over and over again, that period products were the least donated items to local pantries or um, just any, any type of basic need organization. So Mm -hmm. Even more so, it felt like it needed to have its own organization to really focus on addressing it because, you know, it's, it's all ages and, and it's also, you know, there's a stigma, there's so much shame and stigmatization with menstruating and Mm -hmm. it's so unfair for people to feel like they need to hide their tampons or, you know, feel embarrassed or anything because it's, it's just something that you know, we've integrated into our language, you know, to use words like menstruate, because every time you say the word menstruate and in a group or in front of a bunch of uh, older male state representatives at the Capitol, it, you know, it just uh, takes (laughs) away more and more shock from it because it's not shocking. It's a normal thing. So it's a biological process. Yeah. It's just science. It's Uh, just whatever. So I've, I've heard that in the halls of the Missouri Capitol, they call Mm -hmm. tampons, the T word, (laughs) (laughs) right? It's so, it's not a bad word. Like it's it's just not Mm -hmm. so yeah. yeah, I know someone who lobbied to help make sure that inmates in Missouri didn't have to use commissary funds uh-huh. for menstrual products. That and they said that, yeah, they had to have a, they had to say the T word in front of several legislators on the Missouri side. That's so immature. pathetic, it's fucking fragile, f- pathetic snowflakes. Yes, <laughs> they can't yes. handle the word tampon. It's I a know. motherfucking tampon. I know old white men. Seriously. Well, and tampons not even, I didn't even think that like, I mean, out of all the words, you know, like if, if they would have loved menstruate, <laughs> like I feel like that <laughs> they probably would have cringed one. at that too. I'm sure they cringed yeah. at that as well. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's well, just, but yeah, that's another great population. People who are incarcerated. Um, I've been approached by a couple of organizations who um, are working to tap into that population 
incarcerated people um, mm-hmm. to help provide access to essential health and hygiene products such as, you know, toothbrushes and shampoo and period products because, you know, it, it's so disproportionate to have their funds, like you said, go towards menstrual products when, you know, I'm, I feel like, I don't know how it works, but I'm assuming like toilet paper and all that stuff is provided. I think in some states it is, not all, but you know, every woman, every, every menstruator has their favorite period products. Mm -hmm. Every person has their favorite shampoo, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that getting something that's from the state, I I can only just imagine what states are giving away for menstrual products. Like remember the stuff that we used to have in the nurse's office in school, the, the, the pads were thick. We called them phone books. Yeah, phone books is a little antiquated for you. (laughs) They did not. They would not (laughs) fucking stick to my underwear. Yeah, and and then the tampons were always like a cardboard applicator. Yeah, tampax and Mm -hmm. I guess I'm not opposed to a cardboard applicator because at least that'll um, biodegrade. Right, but still, yeah, they could make the edges less (laughs) a little less. Make that a little softer. I don't know how to make it. Yeah, but oh, I can only imagine what. It's not like the state really gives a crap about the people that they have currently incarcerated. And there's a a lot of just blaming like, well, you get what you deserve while you're in there. And that that's just a lack of humanity right there. Totally. Well, and there's just so many, so many problems with how incarcerated people are treated that, Mm -hmm. you know, it's like, where do you, where do we even start? You know, because I mean, there, there's, I've heard so many awful stories that I'm sure are just scratching the surface about people being, you know, health, their health needs are neglected Mm -hmm. and and things like that. I feel like this could be a whole podcast (sighs) subject in itself. Yes, it could. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, well, if that's a population that you're looking to eventually work with, and you do work with, uh, you're working on both the Missouri and the Kansas side. Yes. But where, where are you currently dropping off period products? Well, today I dropped off some pads to the Genesis school over there off Cleveland Ave. And we have been dropping off at a few other schools lately. We dropped off at Washington High School. We drop off to the Kansas City Public School District. We've started adding more schools to our list. And then as far as other nonprofit organizations, we have Care Beyond the Boulevard that mm-hmm. we provide period packs to so that the folks that they serve who are living outside can receive a pack that has multiple products in it. So it can last them at least a few days, hopefully their whole cycle. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's reusable and recyclable and waterproof pack. So nice. And we also have given to the Greater Kansas City Coalition to end homelessness. Mm-hmm. And, and all of our partners are, are on our website too. So uh, we have several and, you know, under the new name Strawberry Week within the last month and a half, I, I've been making, you know, consistent drop-offs, but I haven't tackled every single partner quite yet, but uh, we're working towards it. And we, you know, still have our partnership with the Kansas City Library. So Strawberry Week provides free period products uh, within all 10 of their branch locations throughout Kansas City. So cool. if you 
go to the library and use the restroom. There will be toilet paper, paper towels, soap, and period products. So nice, nice. <laughs> makes sense to me. Absolutely. <laughs> Something that I'm curious about as you're dropping off for, you know, restrooms, are these just getting put into the ladies room? So I think a huge part of menstrual equity is the need for, you know, if we're providing these products publicly, you know, it, it needs to be equitable, you know, as far as these bathroom labels are concerned, mm -hmm. if we have gendered restrooms, whether, you know, men and women, we are, we are working towards ensuring that period products are available in all restrooms publicly. Mm -hmm and not just the women labeled restrooms because not all women menstruate and not all menstruators are women. Yes. Oh, good. I had a feeling, I had a feeling that you were covering all those bases and, and I want to make that clear to the listeners too, that that's something yeah. to understand that if you are a cisgendered male mm -hmm. and you go into the restroom and you see period products, Maybe it's just that the person who walked out before you is a person of trans experience mm -hmm. and you had no fucking clue. Yeah. And some of those people of trans experience menstruate. Yeah. So yeah. And perfect. It's just nobody's business. So exactly. Yeah. And the life good. That is important about period equity is that we make sure that it's not just in the ladies room. Right now they haven't like explicitly informed me whether or not they have men and women restrooms or if they have just like restrooms, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. or if they, or if they do have men and women, if all the branches are putting it in both. So I've communicated that they've been responsive to it. As far as execution, I haven't mm -hmm. driven to all 10 locations and looked in the bathrooms for mm. myself. So mm. that's, I just didn't want that to be like, like I promise they're yeah, in there yes. because I'm working on it. <laughs> so yeah. Well, sometimes all you can do is educate, you know, you mm -hmm. provide that for them. So Definitely. yeah. And the library system is a place where a lot of people who are houseless go right now, especially in the winter time here in our community. But it also is kind of nice. Like I'm saying, just for people like us who uh, maybe just forget something like, yeah, I think that Products like this should just be standard in public restrooms. We shouldn't have to pay for them. No one should have exactly. to pay for them in a public public bathroom. Exactly. I mean, no, not everyone knows when they're going to menstruate. I mean, look at, like, I got my first period when I was 12 and, you know, I wasn't on birth control pill or anything. So it's like, as far as knowing or estimating when I was going to have my next period, you know, you'd never know that. And I didn't have quarters on me either. So, and those old machines in those restrooms are like barely really uh, stocked, you know, yeah. it's just not reliable. And, and that's mm -hmm. what people need is reliability because, you know, I mean, imagine if like, it was like hit or miss if bathrooms, public restrooms had toilet paper. In right. Them. I mean, chaos would ensue. It would be, <laughs> it would be insanity. <laughs> and it's just, just so disappointing and evident that, you know, the, the, there's just no regard for people with vaginas or people who menstruate, you know, in our legislation, you know, you see the, the war on our, on reproductive health and everything mm -hmm. that is just constant. So, um, that was something really satisfying that, you know, I got to mention when I went to the Capitol was just like, 
you know, uh, it's, it's a, it's discriminatory because you're disproportionately taxing folks who menstruate, you know, which is about half the population, give or take. Um, and, and then the other half is, you know, it's just not equitable here. Mm-hmm. So yeah. For the listeners, uh, Michaela went recently and testified at the Kansas state legislature. Very first time talking to committee, right? Yes. Yes. So congrats um, on making that step in, uh, <laughs> public policy. <laughs> oh, it was so fun. It was actually something I've, I've always wanted to, get involved with legislation because, you know, like I said earlier, nonprofits exist to fill a gap in our government and we'll just be spinning our wheels forever if we don't actually, you know, try and get in there and make some permanent changes to mm-hmm. how our government views menstrual equity and, and the, the need for addressing period poverty. So yeah, so it was definitely something I've always wanted to get involved in and just learn more about. And my friend Lindsay, who runs the local chapter of I Support the Girls, um, actually, like we went out to the Capitol, we met out there because she she received notice that this hearing was happening, um, and so she kind of looped me in, and I was like, yeah, I'm ready, let's go out there, and so. We met out at the Capitol and the representatives are all just doing hearings for new bills right now. Mm-hmm. So they're like back to back. And it was my very first time, you know, being at something like that. And I honestly thought I was just going to be there to observe. But then that day at noon, I was told I was going to speak or provide a testimonial because I'd provide a written testimonial and they wanted it orally as well. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I was just like, okay, I guess we're, I guess we're just going to like do it all first time nice. it. So you can tell I'm nervous in the recording, but I was super proud of myself and it was just I'm super like, proud of you too. Thank you. I just <laughs> felt like it was just such a good like sense of accomplishment to yeah. just like feel like I, I just got to speak up and say to people who, you know, could potentially vote to, to make this a step in the right direction. I mean, we're just talking, we're just talking about removing sales tax, which is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, I, I, I made sure to mention like, you know, just public access to period products in general. And it was really promising because even though I was in a room of mostly older white men, they seemed to be pretty responsive to the subject of, period poverty. I mean, the, the bill that we are discussing proposed removing sales tax in Kansas from a whole group of health and hygiene items, including toothpaste and toothbrushes and Mm -hmm. um, shampoo and all that. And then period products were included on there as well. And as they should be, as they should be, (laughs) thank goodness. And the representative who was proposing this bill got up there and a lot of his time was dedicated to discussing period poverty. And he talked about, you know, how many, there's like 24 states that currently don't tax period products and Kansas needs to get on this wagon. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're, we're going to eventually, you know, so why not now? And I was really surprised, pleasantly surprised to um, hear this and then hear the response from the, from the rest of the representatives being seemingly open to it. They seemed on board with it. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, after the hearing, we were approached by a couple members who made it sound like the, the bill was for a whole group of health and hygiene items, right? Well, maybe they'll agree if, if that's too much of like a tax revenue loss, whatever, uh -oh. maybe they'll agree <laughs> to at least, you know, hone in on period products and then we can work towards that all of all of these items like for toothbrushes and things like should should also be included because they're essential needs for Absolutely. your overall health as well but yes. it's like you know it's just it's it's when you're dealing with the government it's like you just have to like work in these little bits and you have to like present information in a certain way to like know your audience mm -hmm. so it just was <laughs> like you yeah. know because they kept saying feminine care products and I kept saying like, yes, period products and menstruators and, you mm -hmm. know, trying to, trying to, you know, show, tell by showing and performing like, you know, this neutral phrases and everything just to be more inclusive at the Capitol. So I did my best. <laughs> I'm sure feminine hygiene products is how it's been phrased in the past in legislation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, God, fucking I seriously, I so appreciate you getting active politically. I've been talking with a lot of people about this lately that it has to go beyond showing up and voting. It has mm -hmm. to go beyond raising funds for a candidate that you believe in or donating or, or phone banking for them. You have to show up to every single election you need to actually know what's going on in committees. You need to know what bills have been submitted and be paying attention. You need to be in touch with your state legislator, your county legislator, your city council person, and your mayor. Like mm -hmm. You've got to be fucking active these days. That's the only way that we're actually going to be able to influence things in the progressive way mm -hmm. <laughs> that you and I want to do it. So thank you. <laughs> it's scary. I mean, I, I definitely, it's intimidating because, you know, you, you want to be taken seriously and, you know, I don't have like a formal education in, um, you like know, public health or something right, government. I mean, well, I mean, my, I did get my master's in public administration okay. and we mm -hmm. touched on, you know, public health and government and everything, but it's still, I mean, it's like, it's still a very intimidating subject to me. And, you know, I totally agree with you that, you know, everyone, we all need to know these terms and phrases and, you know, what applies to city and what applies to state and, and get involved to, um, you know, just, make permanent change so that the, these gaps that we have in our government can be filled and, and people can be more adequate, adequately served in our community. And we can have healthy, happier community members, you know, with little bit less things to worry about, like, you know, having a tampon <laughs> for their period. Yeah. And so that for the listeners, that in Kansas is House Bill 2461. I've got that in the show notes. So if you're a listener and you're in Kansas, reach out to the people who are on the committee. Which committee is it there in Kansas that you spoke to? Um, the attention to the Committee on Taxation. Um, and it's the House Bill 2461 that you mentioned you'll want to address the chair, vice chair, ranking member, and members. Perfect. Thank you for that. So listeners, please get active. 
in politics that in this manner, because it really does make a difference when you are actually reaching out to the, the committee members and the reps who have submitted these things, it really makes a difference. Word. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That was interesting to learn. There are 24 states that don't tax period products at all. Like, but Kansas, they go above and beyond, not just taxing it. They actually, tar- do they charge extra with a luxury tax? Um, so Kansas and Missouri both have period products taxed as a non-essential item. Mm, mm-hmm. So that puts it at a higher tax percentage. Bullshit. Yes. Absolute (laughs) bullshit. I actually used to get a lot of free period products from my mom because she repped Kotex. Nice. That was such a fucking money saver for such a long time. Right. Well, think about these single parents that have, you know, more than one Mm -hmm. menstruator living at home too. I mean, it's like getting period products for yourself, let alone your kids. It's, and it's every month, usually Mm -hmm. (laughs) it just adds up, you know? So it's important. And it's important too for our government to recognize that this isn't, you know, a luxury item. This is an essential item that is needed for a unpreventable anatomical event. Absolutely. It's time for a quick break. I promise it'll just be a minute, so stay tuned. I'll be right back after a few words that help me get paid. Well, I want to find out more about what some of your goals are for Strawberry Week in 2022. But first, I have a bit of Women and Black History Month trivia for you. Oh, boy. (laughs) Are you quizzing me right now? Yes. (laughs) Who invented the sanitary belt? Oh, I know this one. Um, Mary Beatrice Davidson Kenner. Yes. (laughs) Ding, ding, ding. Congratulations. If you didn't know, uh, this black inventor took over like 30 years for her to actually get her patent on the sanitary belt, which was then used as the foundation for creating the sanitary napkin. Yes. Yes. And yes, she invented this product and she also invented a lot of other products that we still use to this day that are patented in her name. But yeah, like you said, for the first 30 years, because of racial discrimination, her patent was basically rejected. Um, and then even after it was passed, she still faced a lot of discrimination from you know companies and producers for her product. So it's, it's still just an unjust storyline, but fortunately she did get to see her inventions all become patented before she passed away. So that's always good. At least. Yes. (laughs) There's at least, there's like the, at least yes, but not good enough. Goddamn white supremacy. Yeah, seriously. (laughs) I mean, but yes, thank you for participating in that little little quiz there. Just it's a one question <laughs> quiz. So yeah. Yay. So tell me what are some of your goals? I mean, since you've already been doing this work under the tutelage of the previous organization, Barrier Babes, and now you've uh, branched off, you already had some things going that were fantastic that are fantastic. So what's, what's your, what's your growth project? How are you going to like keep expanding strawberry week? 
I just, the plan is just to keep making consistent drop-offs and spread awareness about our new organization to just kind of build audience and, and partnerships with people in the community who can connect us to those who may need period products or um, who want to fundraise or host collection drives just to help us continue this mutual aid cycle that we have happening right now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I want to continue to partner up with other local nonprofits to serve vulnerable populations. And, but I also want to make sure that we are fulfilling, you know, our priority with just public accessibility to period products. So our partnership with the Kansas City Library has been, you know, our, one of our most proud partnerships because mm-hmm. it's just such a large entity for us to provide period products through and just channel them back into the community. So mm-hmm. I'm hoping to branch into the Kansas side, you know, now that we're organized in Kansas to also provide period products and public restrooms on the Kansas side as well and pay attention to local legislation to see how we can make beneficial impacts that will um, make the lives of our community members a little bit easier. You know, it's like, we're just trying to work things into the right direction. You know, it's not all happening overnight, unfortunately, but Mm -hmm. it's just chipping away at this, you know, big issue that a lot of folks in our community are working on. And it's a, it's a team project. And I am so happy to see, you know, other collection drives and and distributors getting period products out to those that need them. But, you know, I, I, I would love to see strawberry week, you know, just keep, keep growing with the, I mean, it's this last month and a half has been like a whirlwind, but I I'm really content with, with doing this as my passion project. You know, I'll never, I'll never stop doing these drop-offs and collecting and sharing awareness. And, you know, it's just something that I'm truly passionate about. I have been for several years and it'll always be something that I just want to be a part of and Mm -hmm. and just help with (laughs) as much as I can. How do you go about getting the vast majority of your supplies. And, I, and plus, I know you're talking about doing these period packs. So I believe that you've had some period packing parties before. So yes. Tell me about that. Yes. So um, a lot of our inventory comes from drives. So this last drive that we had, you know, under Barrier Babes, but will continue now through Strawberry Week was Flovember. So mm-hmm. every November we have our cl- big collection drive with like local businesses and, and folks that want to support um, where everybody just collects period products from their local networks. And then they just drop it all off <laughs> mm-hmm. at, at the end of the month. And it's, it's like, it lasts us for so long. It's always just such a big rewarding community drive. And we also in February had a partnered event with Strawberry Swing, the shop local indie mm-hmm. maker fair. Yeah. And they generously um, agreed to partner with us for their last event in February, where they had all these local makers at the Truman. 
And anyone who brought period products would receive a sticker, (laughs) which is great. Mm -hmm. So a lot of, a lot of people who went to that event brought period products with them. And so I had a big, I had a big truck full of period products from that as well. So yeah. So just if anybody like wants to reach out, if you're doing any kind of collection drive, I mean, it's on our website at strawberryweek.org, you know, ways to get involved, but you don't have to be a big business or have a big event to, you know, host a collection drive. If you're, if you're someone who's in school and wants to, you know, or you're in a club or you at your office want to just collect period products on behalf of our organization for a couple weeks, you know, we're, we want people to get creative with it and we're totally open to, you know, however people want to collect period products on our behalf. It's, it's cool with us. (laughs) So that's the main way. And obviously any money that's donated to us goes towards the purchase of period products for the community as well. Awesome. Well, Michaela, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you back on Keep Them Coming. Uh, You mentioned your website, strawberryweek.org. And they can find you on social media too, right? Yes. Yes. We are on Facebook and Instagram at Strawberry Week Society. Mm -hmm. And then our uh, website is strawberryweek.org. Perfect. And if someone wanted to just email you directly because they want to host an event or, you know, do a drive at their office or just with their friends, what's your email address? I can get a hold of you. It's Michaela at strawberryweek.org. It's M I C H E A L A at strawberryweek.org. And we also have a phone number. So if you want to call it's 816-323-3531. Perfect. Thank you again so much for your advocacy in the community for going to the state legislature and dealing with all those old white men and (laughs) keep it up, keep it up. We need, we need people to be activated. We need people to be involved. And it's very much appreciated from this little activist's heart that you exist and you're doing the activism work as well. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for having me. It, It makes me feel very legit when you reach out to interview. So, um, it means a lot to feel like, you know, to know that, that you think I have something important to share is very flattering. And, um, I'm always super excited to do, to, you know, be, be on your podcast and everything. I'm just, I'm always nervous, but (laughs) you're, you're so easy to talk to. So, Right. It's just, it's just two old friends having a conversation about what's going on now. Exactly. And it just flies by. It's so fun. (laughs) Yes, it did. It did for sure. (laughs) Well, Michaela, I wish you all the best in 2022. I will certainly keep up on your social media and see when like events are coming up ways that I can donate. I, uh, I think that I actually, I actually did go buy something for Flovember and I just didn't get it dropped off. So I need to just meet up with you and give you some stuff that I've got for you or something. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's Let's do do it. Yeah. Perfect. Love it. Take care. You too. Thank you. Thanks for listening to keep them coming with open the doors coaching. Please rate, subscribe, and share this podcast and check the show notes for stuff we talked about during the episode. 
You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Clubhouse, and TikTok. But visit my website if you want more information about me and my coaching services. You can join my safe for work or not safe for work email list, which I call the Dirty Bird. If you want less censored content about sex and relationships and want to know what I'm up to, please subscribe to that list. Send me an email, Kristen at Open the Doors Coaching, if you have a question, want to book a session, or want more information on my upcoming workshops. My theme song is original music by M. Kusa. Until next time.